Syria Ah fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. You got Tad here with Marco and once again, no Chris. Um, I'm actually really starting to wonder if that dude even exists because I have yet to pod with him once this season and we're on week four with an international break. Oh, he exists all right. He's uh, starting a cult down in Charlotte, Roma Club Charlotte. He's doing work. Uh, I know he's playing a lot of pickup soccer, and he's hanging out with the Italians down there. He's basically doing the same thing uh, that he was doing in, in D.C. down in Charlotte. So good well, for Chris. If he's trying to start a Roma club this season after this past week, there probably is going to be a suicide pact in there somewhere at the end of that one. I, 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 I don't want to see the end of that story unless, unless Roma picks it up this season. Um, yeah, you're telling me. But this past week, man, did – did you see that Zlatan goal for his 500th goal? I did, man. And uh, there was a cool Instagram post that he he did. There was like a graphic of him scoring goals and all the teams that he played in. And once again, just highlights how much of a legend this guy is. I mean, I still remember when they asked him about his favorite derby and he started listing off the different derbies he's been in. I mean, he's been in every single important derby that's out there. And he was able to say, my favorite derby was the Milan Derby. Uh, because I got to experience it from both ends. It's like, wow, what a legend. Yeah, about you, if you're going to say that to Milan fans and Inter fans, he's about, about as much of a legend as Judas. But all I got to say about that goal, man, Jean-Claude Van Zlatan, man. What the heck was that windmill kick? He looked like, he looked like Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon. I, I, I just, I, it was unbelievable for a 300-year-old man uh, to be able to fly up there and kick that thing out of it. So he ages like a fine wine. Yeah, I mean, he gives hope to all of us 30-plus-year-olds. Uh, I'm about to be 30. Uh, really, man, I, when I see stuff like that, it just makes me happy inside because, A, I love Ibra, but, B, you know, it shows that we've all got a good seven years. Now we just got to go train a little bit. Yeah, Hurricane Ibrahimovic on that one, 500 goals, puts him in the highest company um, in the annals of prolific goal-scoring history. But speaking of scoring goals, Marco, the tournament that everyone waits for every single year is upon us. We are in Champions League season with the first round of games being today, Tuesday, uh, September 18th, and then uh, a couple more games tomorrow uh, uh, with uh, uh, on the 19th. Today we saw... Uh, and up and down Syria, Napoli, doesn't matter if they change coach, they have a disappointing draw against Red Star and Inter win it late against Tottenham at home and have that late comeback, you know, the first big step um, and then making it out of that group of death. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. And uh, it, sounds, it must be that Wanda gave uh, Icardi a nice pep talk because uh, that was a sick finish to tie the game up. And then Vicino, kind of replicating his heroics at the end of last season, gets the gets the goal to, to win the game in the 92nd minute. And you have a San Siro that just erupts 
And I love it, man. I, I think we were discussing it yesterday. We are counting on Inter to uh, start gelling with their new pieces, uh, their new toys on the team, and uh, really carry the flag of Serie A in Champions League because they do have a stacked squad, and I'm excited to see them win against this team like Tottenham. Yeah, how long before Spalletti just adopts Pacino outright? Just like, you're my son now. You are, you, you are uh, in my family tree. Um, the amount of times that... Uh, 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 Vecino has bailed him out. He probably has a higher opinion of Vecino than he does Francesco Totti, of all people. Um, Napoli, though, the disappointing uh, draw to, to Red Star. Now, Belgrade's a hard place to go in and play, but they got to do it in the warm weather. And the Ant Army, you know, they, they, they just they, they can't, can't come through with big game Ancelotti on that one. But tomorrow, uh, most of you are probably going to be listening to this before the games happen. We have Roma go to Real Madrid in a dreaded, dreaded game for all Romanisti, hoping that maybe Roma can turn it around uh, in the Champions League like Inter. And then we have Juventus going away to, to Valencia. What are your thoughts on these? I think that Juventus is supposed to be the shoe-in here. Uh, we're going to talk about Ronaldo coming into form at the perfect time, as usual. Uh, and Roma, unfortunately, uh, as a Romanista, it pains me to say, they're in deep trouble, especially if Gareth Bale decides to do what he did in preseason and uh, rip him a new one. Uh, again, their form right now is poor. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Bald spot Bale, you know, we, uh, uh, we, we fear him. I mean, he's talking that ish about, uh, you know, CR7. Uh, they can focus more on the team instead of him. I don't know about that. That's kind of a... That's kind of some unnecessary shade to throw at a guy who won, helped you win three straight uh, Champions League finals. And Juventus, I mean, Valencia, they gotta, they got to be shaking in their boots because if there's one thing that CR7 knows um, is scoring against Spanish teams. And if there's another thing he knows, uh, it's scoring in the Champions League. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and call Roma getting a, you know, having to take that L tomorrow and, and wear it into Bologna. And Juventus starting their campaign. Um, but speaking of talking trash about uh, Roma taking that L and picking it as a Romanisti, um, you know, being a little disgusting to Romanisti, let's think about something that's uh, also disgusting in Italy right now. Starbucks lands on the beaches of Anzio and invades Italy and has opened a location in Milan. Yeah, it's... At first, when I saw it, I was kind of like, oh, man, that's really just disappointing. Then I started seeing some pictures online, and they really turned this thing into the Starbucks. I mean, uh, Howard Schultz, the, the, the person who founded uh, Starbucks, basically created Starbucks in the image of his uh, coffee experience when he visited Italy. And I listened to that on the like, Guy Raz's uh, How I Made It podcast. And so I was kind of hyped about the whole thing because it, it was like kind of like the, the idea coming home. But you're going to have to do a little bit more than that to sell uh, the Italians. I think I heard of a few Italians kind of talking trash about the idea. I think just the overall concept of having a big coffee that costs a lot of money, uh, the Italians don't love that. They're a little bit frugal and uh, they like their, their espresso shots. Yeah, you know, I think of this, and you, you, you say, you know, like how uh, they opened up the, kind of the mother of all Starbucks locations, um, you know, not some crappy drive-through with, with uh, a transient work staff. Um, you know, it's kind of like McDonald's in, in Italy, like, you know, the one in Rome that's by the Spanish Steps. You know, if they're going to make a McDonald's, 
they're not going to make just any old McDonald's. They're, when the first ones they put in, they're going to be epic and unbelievable and have marble sculptures and fountains and all that. But, like, you know, people thought that McDonald's wasn't going to catch on in Italy. And you go out to, like, the sur- suburbs of any of the Italian cities or any McDonald's locations, man, they love that stuff. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a regular old festa in there. I mean, just Italians partying with, you know, 99-cent uh, euro cheeseburgers in their hands. Uh, I fear that this is going to happen to Starbucks, that the, the Italian coffee culture is going to get a bit diluted. Um, and, you know, if, if, if Starbucks is based off um, Italian coffee, it sure tastes like uh, what happens to the Italian coffee when it leaves your body rather than when it goes in. So I, I'm hoping it's just a gimmick. And, you know, for uh, 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 tourists who want to spend five euro on a coffee rather than 90, you know, 70 cents or, you know, a euro 20 for the best cappuccino they've ever had. Uh, I, I'm pulling against it. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and obstruct American capitalism on the boot. Oh man! If I was in Milan, though, I would definitely go check it out. In the lower leagues, we have uh, breaking news coming out today: is that Serie B has been suspended. Um, apparently, they can't come to uh, terms if they're going to have a 22 league league, uh, a 22 team league, or they're going to have a 19 team league with. Uh, you know, uh, three teams or four teams before the season started uh, declaring bankruptcy. So we have Serie B being announced as suspended by kind of one governing body that has a weird name. And then immediately another governing body comes out and says, no, it's not. Um, both of these people, I guess I'm just not that into the, uh, uh, into the Italian Federation and how this goes and all these different committees and, and the way things get legislated or adjudicated in Italy. So... I'm just going to throw my hands up there that apparently there are two factions in Italy that are warring over the existence of the Serie B and if it's going to be 19 or 22. I can't really give you any more facts than that other than I think I'm going to look into it and the end result is I'm going to write a musical about it. But Kennedy Center. Kennedy Center in two weeks. Tad Burns. Serie B's, uh, Serie B's demise. We'll call it with a question mark. Uh, anyways, so that's, uh, that's that. Uh, let's jump into this week's game and we'll start it off with the rundown. Cristiano Ronnie Ronaldo from the shore bags a brace and Juventus' win, but Douglas Costa causes a situation. Napoli gets a little revenge against Fiorentina State University from last season. You remember Fiorentina knocked them out of the Scudetto. Uh, Roma make us all be the early birds who don't get that worm. Inter gets graded by Team Cheese Bumblebees in Parma. Parma rocking the Bumblebee jerseys. Fatboy G Iguain finally finds the net for Milan, but they still become the second Milan team to disappoint. OTFR making a claim to be the best team in Rome this season. Blasphemy. Uh, I should probably get some sort of ban for blasphemy for that one. Um, the Great Wall of Spall is going shopping for glass slippers after another shutout win. And Empoli and Frosinone look like they'll soon be neighbors with Oscar the Grouch. Just straight up trash. Be sure to check us out basically anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the, all the usual subsects, Google Play. Um, when you get there, please be sure to rate and comment. Five-star reviews, welcome. Four-star reviews for the haters. Um, we're on all sorts of social media plat- platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and this week, I'd like to give a shout-out to um, Heidi, the Club of One, Roma Club, Minnesota. 
um, for throwing us a nice five-star review on that one. It brought not a single tear, but a well of tears to my eyes. I don't know, Marco, was that able to carry you through the week that we've, we've been able to fool uh, at Spring Spark, Heidi? Really, really a touching post. Uh, it really made my week, and I needed it this week. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I think we all needed it after, after Roma's showing on Sunday. Um, but, all right, let's jump right into it, Marco. Uh, let's start up with the Champions League spots. First up, surprise, surprise, we have Juventus versus Sassuolo. Juve wins this one 2-1. Two to one. What do you got, Marco? Well, there's two big stories this game. Uh, and they're both Juventus. Uh, Ronnie boy, it's the Champions League time. And so you know what happens when the when the full moon comes out, the werewolf comes out. It's the same thing when Champions League is around the corner. Ronnie morphs into a beast. And it's no surprise that he gets not just his first goal, which was a tap-in, but then a second classic uh, left-footed drop to the back corner of the net. Uh, Ronnie's back. And he's got his goal celebration still that everybody loves to uh, impersonate at the men's league fields. Look, when Champions League is around, we have the champion of Champions Leagues. And obviously, he's going to come into form. He's got 120 goals, which is 20 more than Messi, almost 50 more than Raul. Uh, and he's the top goal scorer for the last six years in the Champions League. Some players just rise to the moment. And if there's one person that does that every time... It's Cristiano, uh, and now you're seeing him all hyped up and scoring goals against Sassuolo. I think this is the start to the downhill here. Uh, easy, easy downhill uh, for Ronnie Boy uh, from the Jersey Shore. Yeah, I mean, in this game, you know, Sassuolo, and I thought they played really well. They had a game plan. You know, they were super aggressive, and CR7 turned out to be the difference in this whole game. And, you know, all this uh, uh, hubbub about how, oh, you know, it's, it's been 300-some minutes since he scored in the Serie A. Oh, our Serie A team's going to have him figured out. Look, I think we all think best. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo, you cannot stop him. You can only mere, merely hope to contain him. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of time. And you think about, you know, last year in, the, uh, uh, in La Liga, it, it took him this long to score his first goal last year, and he ended up... With, I think, 500 million. I think that's the official tally. Um, so, you know, Ronaldo, like you said, he's a beast. You know, the full moon is out. He's out for blood. And I just, I, I fear for the safety of, Val- of the Valencia children um, as he, you know, takes the, the CR7 show on the road to Spain. That's right. Well, the second big story of this match is Douglas Costa. I mean, the guy loses his damn mind. And it's kind of strange for a guy like Douglas Costa that you've never really seen a ton of emotion out of. Uh, I can't remember him getting uh, any cards last season, maybe a yellow here or there. Yeah, I'm pretty um, much considered this guy's like lukewarm on Christmas. I mean, you know, he, 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 he elicits the same feeling as toast. You know, you, you don't really, uh, he doesn't really like or hate anything. But I'll tell you what, he just, uh, again, he loses his mind. He, he first he throws a bow up at Di Francesco. Then he headbutts him in front of the ref. Ref doesn't give him a straight red. Uh, that was a head scratcher. Okay, that's fine. Uh, and then he spits in the guy's mouth, and it really gets you wondering, what the hell did Di Francesco say? Um, you know, Douglas Costa you, says you, you don't know what he said, and uh, Evers kind of saying we'll never know what Di Francesco said. I, look, if it was something racist, 
then why wouldn't that come out? You know what I mean? This is this is the big question mark for me. Uh, it's not like it would be anything new. Uh, and so I'm I'm interested to know what made Douglas Costa twist. And not to th- not to say that I don't think Douglas Costa can beat ass. I mean, this guy's a Brazilian. He probably has some dance fighting moves. Um, but again, I don't know <laughs> how he lost Costa, his head. Capoeira Costa, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I don't know how he lost his head like that, man. I thought it was funny when Evra said, hey, man, you is uh, – the mascot is a zebra. It's not a llama. Yeah, and you know, Evra, you got to think he's the guy that just got the got the old boot got got eighty six out of the the French league for drop kicking a fan, um, and him, you know, calling uh, uh, racial things. I mean, Patrice Evra, his racial interactions with Luis Suarez. Um, so you know, obviously, when you see a guy lose his mind like this, the first thing everyone's going to go, especially in Italy, is like this dude said something racist. I mean. It was all worth it for me for the look on on uh, Federico Di Francesco's face when he got spit on. I mean, he turned and looked at the ref like he just realized he sharded. I mean, it was the funniest look I'd seen in a long time. But you know, Federico Di Francesco comes out this uh, uh, today on social media and he's like, "Dude, I did not." I mean, emphatically. I mean, the translation is hilarious. It's it's super Italian, but emphatically said, "You know, I don't condone racism. I'm not a racist." So. Either he's you know out there uh, lying through his teeth afterwards trying to cover it up, um, or you know Costa uh, is just trying to save a little bit of face um, that's not you know dripping in spit or having headbutts or elbow marks in it by you know being like oh you don't know what he said uh, maybe he did you know pull the old Matarazzi and you know go after uh, female members of Costa's family, but at any rate the only way you could partially justify. Uh, this behavior is is some sort of racist slander, and you know there's just no evidence for it for this one. So you know it comes out he gets a, a four game ban today. I mean, you think what do you think of that? Is four games enough? I don't know, man. I feel like four games is is for the spitting, and then you got to add games for each uh, violent offense, like headbutting straight to the face and the elbow up to the like to the lower chin area. I mean, look, I I I would think that it would be more than that just because it was pretty egregious but you know four four games i want to see douglas cost the play to be real with you uh you know at the same time i don't definitely don't condone what he did um i didn't condone it when thought he did it uh although he spit much more gracefully i'd say you know what i mean just a it was a it was a much better loogie uh no but i, I just think that douglas you know he's a good player he needs to get back and and represent the league uh on the field with his feet yeah, the one thing that gets me is kind of uh, uh, I didn't think the apology um, was really uh, uh, that sincere. You know, maybe he was a little butt hurt at the time. You know, wasn't really feeling it out there. You know, going to go out and, and and make a bunch of apologies to Federico Di Francesco. But I thought that would have gone a little bit further. So I was really surprised to see only four four games. Um, I'd like to see what the fine's going to end up being. You know, if if Ninja's out here. Last year for Roma, getting hundred dollar hundred thousand dollar fines from the team for you know drinking and smoking on New Year's. You got to think that somebody, somebody in this league has to uh, uh, make just a huge example on this one. And you know, I mean, with with the racism stuff um, from the fans and from players, uh, you know, stuff like this, you just wonder at some point, like, you got to make an example out of somebody. I mean, you got to like take somebody's season away or you got to take enough money away that, that it matters. So you can kind of break this, you know, cycle of, uh, uh, I would say, um, I don't know, for lack of a better word, uh, uh, 
uh, inconsistent punishments for these 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 crazy for these crazy offenses. Yeah, and I mean, look, if it was racism, then um, you know, again, not to say it justifies the action, but I tell you what, man, I hope DiFrancesco, EDF's son. Uh, didn't do something like that because that would be putting disgrace on not only himself but also his his dad to a certain extent. You know what I mean? So hopefully that wasn't the case. Yeah, I mean he was super emphatic that he didn't. So if it comes out like you know with with, with I mean you have to believe him unless there's evidence or at least an accusation other than some sort of vague accusation that we've seen. Um, you know if there's some sort of evidence that comes out that he was you know he was uh, 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 you know pulling that race card, then I think that you know you hit him with the, you hit him with the same. Uh, uh, punishment that you would uh, give Douglas Costa in this one, but an ugly situation all the way around. Costa's going to skate with four. Looks like he's going to play tomorrow at Venezia or at least be on the team. Um, but, you know, well, I guess more on this story as it develops. Um, but, hey, we talked about it, touched on it briefly. Sassuolo, man, looking pretty good, huh? Yeah, they still played well, man. We call them the Triple X Cinderella because three years ago they were the Cinderellas. Then they fell off the map. Uh, but they got a couple sexy players up there: Prince Boateng, uh, Babacar, who scored this at the end of this game, and Berardi, uh, the prince of Sassuolo. Uh, I think that these guys, you know, they have some flow, and uh, I really like seeing how how they, they're still willing to attack Juventus and go after them. Uh, you know, playing, sticking to their to their game, uh, playing through. You know, even a, a two goal deficit. Uh, and getting one back at the end. That's that's the kind of mentality you need to be getting back into Europa League. So, Sassuolo, keep an eye on them because I don't... Real quick, be truthful with me. You think uh, CR7 was a little bit upset that Costa took away from his, from his brace? Took a little thunder away from his brace? I don't know, man. I think uh, CR7's been thinking about this Valencia match uh, since before this game. As much as he liked to pretend like he takes it one game at a time, it's Champions League time, full moon. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if he leaves the pitch at Valencia wet with brains. Uh, moving on, the second place team, Napoli Fiorentina. Napoli finishes one one zero. You know, Napoli's finding ways to to win. I mean, they're still kind of feeling uh, uh, feeling out this new situation with Ancelotti last year. You know, I mean, everybody couldn't couldn't get off their knees for long uh, for very long to uh, not slurp the Napoli on you know the, how beautiful their style of play was. But it looks like last year, man, it looks like it's a two horse race between Napoli and Juve. But you know, really doesn't feel like that. First and foremost, I mean, do you have any feeling that Juventus isn't going to win the Scudetto this year? No, nah, man. I mean, they're only strengthening every year. You know, while while there's teams like uh, Napoli that haven't necessarily sold off any players, and then there's teams like Roma that seem to have like kind of swapped out the entire team. Juventus just like was they set the bar and then they just increase the bar and they raise it. They raise it. They buy the best player in the world. Like, you know, it's uh, that's why you feel at the beginning of the season it's already kind of over and they've already won four games in a row. But Napoli, man, it's just, you know, they still play beautiful ball. They showed it today. Uh, they kind of dominated Red Star. They're just not fully clicking yet, but I do think that Ancelotti is going to get them uh, back on their Ant Army game. And, uh, and challenging, at least putting pressure on Juventus uh, 
I don't think it's going to be a clean sweep here. But yeah, I mean, Juventus definitely has uh, kind of the league in their pocket as of right now. Well, it's going to take a lot of the other league to step up and, and beat Juventus. And kind of the whole Juventus thing is you can draw with the top four. You can, you know, split the games with the top four teams, just beat everybody else. Um, you know, you got to think that this Napoli team is kind of suited to Ancelotti because what he's really good at doing is coming in and getting like veteran teams that have played with each other for a while and taking them to the next level. You know, he's not a you know, huge developer of youth talent. And you have Insigne and Mertens this year. I mean, they're crushing it. Uh, you got Koulibaly, you know, who is arguably the best defender um, in all of the Serie A. And you got a, a you know, <laughs> you got a squad that's, uh, uh, you know, doesn't look like it's really going to fall off from last year. They've had a tough opening rounds of games. Um, but, you know, you, you just, you really hope they, they get this clicking and going because, you know, the way that uh, uh, that Roma and the two uh, teams from Milan have played, you know, Napoli look like the only ones right now that have the pedigree with Ancelotti and some of their stars um, to make a challenge. And look at how they just dominate in possession in every game and, and in shots against Fiorentina, who we've been excited about. And we'll talk about that in a sec. I mean, they just they seem to statistically just completely dominate. It's Again, I think they just need to click. They need to get that final pass, that finish. Insigne has hit the post in almost every game, and um, you know, just look look to uh, Napoli to to gain form in the next five to six games. I think that that we can look forward to them being the the main challenger uh, after Inter to uh, to Juventus. Well, going to their opponents, La Viola, Fiorentina State University, who get their name because all these kids look like they're in college. Um, the oldest of their stars being the super senior Benassio at only 23 years old. I mean, they lose Sinopoli in this one. They do get dominated on possession. But, you know, you, you got to think that you know, there's the, you know, since, since the death of Davide Astori, this team has been reborn. Pioli's found a new, you know, a, a, a new gear in coaching. You know, they're, they're, the team is tenacious. They have menacing chances. Um, you know, and, and Pioli, I mean, what do you say about him without rocking that purple vest? Um, I like uh, Viola Nation calls it the John Wick villain costume. I, I think he looks uh, uh, I think he looks like he plays uh, uh, saxophone in Prince's backup band. Um, but, you know, this team, I mean, just something different about him, don't you think? Absolutely. And like you said, man, just filled with young stars. I mean, look at the front six. Eseric, Simeone, Chiesa, Gerson. Veretu and uh, Benassi, like you said, Benassi, I think is the oldest one of the group. Maybe, maybe Veretu is like twenty-five, but I say I think it's twenty-seven. But yeah, I get yeah. They they replace their goalie who's nineteen, who's injured right now, with uh, Dragowinski. Dragowski, he's twenty-one. I mean, it's like they're literally pulling players from the youth team. They're putting together this team that's really dangerous. Uh, a couple players in the that have had some experience in the league over the last three years and are just so young. Federico Chiesa, man, he is the future. He's going to be the next, I'm not going to say Totti, but he's going to be the next big thing in Italy. He's already like one of the best players in the league, and he's 20 years old. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, apparently Juventus offered $70 million for him um, in last summer. I know there's rumblings that Roma offered uh, El Shirawi and a chunk of change for him. Um, I would love to see him on Roma and not see another, you know, uh, uh, perennially amazing Italian player go to Juventus because 
they have enough of those. But I mean, yeah, I mean, this team, like, you know, these guys should be doing keg stands and, you know, swiping on Twitter. Instead, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're wrecking the league and, um, you know, given beating teams they shouldn't and giving, you know, tough challenges to the, to the more traditional powers as of late. I'm, I'm excited to see them. I'm also excited to see that looks like the Italian Federation got one right for the very few times they, they, you know, they bet about 200, um, on, on decision making. So they get sent down to the minors in baseball. Um, but the, uh, armband exception, um, they're, uh, they are going to be allowed to have their armband, not be uniform with the rest of Syria without penalty. They are going to be able to honor Davidea's story, um, with their armband, which I, you know, big ups, uh, you got one right this time. Oh yeah. They really got one right there, man. Freaking banning the the whole armband thing is is trash in my opinion. And like, come on, like you're taking the the character out of the of the city. Uh, let people do what they want with their armbands as long as it's uh, you know PG thirteen, I guess. And and uh, you know, I guess they got it right, man. It's like when you make a mistake and then you you try to fix it, you do just a little bit better. Uh, you know, it, can you really celebrate it? It's like they never should have banned. Uh, individualized armbands, but you know, I guess in this situation, uh, kudos to them for making a half decent decision on this. You know, this was an obvious one, if you if you ask me. Well, if if I were captain in the Syria next week, I think my armband would be Toadstool um, from Mario Kart. Uh, moving on to the third game of the week, uh, the one that is uh, near and dear to our broken hearts, we have Roma versus Kiev of Verona. Um, and this is the, the, the geriatric donkeys, uh, and this one's 2-2. Two, two. You know, EDFC just got set on fire after dropping points to a team who actually has negative points. And what I got to say on this one, man, you know, the sky is falling for the Romanisti. We didn't get to have our Roma Club meetup. You know, all the people that are on our, you know, kind of nationwide Roma Club uh, uh, group chat, Shout out to Frankie in San Francisco. Uh, shout out to Mike in Chicago. Um, shout out to Saruti up in Connecticut. Um, and Chris in, in, in North Carolina. Everyone was just kind of like, I got up early for this trash. I mean, just the, the, the tale of two games in Roma in free fall. Only two points in their last three games. And this one, they just drew the team that's in 20th place, like I said, has negative points. Kievo was hit with that three-point deduction for accounting errors. And my first thing got to be is, if we start with Kievo, is, man, what's it like to be on a team that has negative points because your accountants are whack? I'll tell you, man. It's like Messi with his, uh, you know, his tax lawyers screwing things up. He's about to go to jail. All he's trying to do is play soccer. And it's the same thing with Kievo, man. It's like they're already going to struggle to stay up this season, and now they got their accountants messing up too. And it's like, all right, well – um, at least we're still going to get a point from Roma, uh, even, they were, even though they were up two. Such a disappointing game. It's unbelievable when you see these kind of, these kind of collapses on Roma's part. But I feel like we're kind of used to it at this point. Yeah, I mean, you got to think Walter Bierson, man. He's like Bob in accounting, and now we got to go ne- from negative one, man? Come on. You know, I mean, that guy hasn't, hasn't scored a goal in the Serie A ever. Um, but, you know, when a team starts off this poorly – you know, the fans, especially Roma fans, who are so hard to please, um, who are always so negative on the team, who feel, you know, a, a, a certain sense of, I don't know, cursed is the right word, but, um, 
you know, just a little bit, little, little, little cynical. And you know, the two places they're going to point blame are Monchi um, and EDF. Uh, Monchi, uh, you know, the fans are protesting him, saying they're only worried about profits and sales. Um, and he even said in an interview this week that uh, that you know he can't be the same Monchi that was at Sevilla. He's got to be a new Monchi in, in at Roma. And the only thing that uh, 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 I took away from that is like, does, does this dude really refer to himself in the third person? And then you got you know EDF is furious with the team, but you know his subs that he brought on in this game didn't get it done. Roma go up 2-0, and then after the half, just blow it, blow a two-goal lead, look terrible, look disinterested, look disorganized. Who do you think that you lay the blame on in this one? Oh, man, that's a tough one. You know, I think when you see a player like Clivert uh, come in with 10 minutes left, I mean, it just uh, I'm inclined to say, like, why not put some fresh legs in? Uh, you know, Undet was, pr- like, running, it was hot out, and... He was kind of gassed for the last 20 minutes, and you wait for the last 10 minutes to put him in. And sometimes I, it's the same thing over and over. I don't understand his in-game decisions, uh, but you know, overall, I have faith in EDF. I think the the players need to take responsibility for this loss uh, because you can't let Kievo score two goals on you when you're up two at home. Uh, you know, that's just unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, EDF on this one, I, you know, I, I always hate this reactionary thing that we have to coaches. And apparently Pelota is said to have EDF under observation. He's going to track him the next four games. I mean, this guy, you know, for better or worse, took Roma to the Champions League semifinal last year. And if, if, if the refs um, could see better than Ray Charles in that game, we might have been in the final. Um, and, uh, you know, we finished uh, finished third in Italy. Uh, so, you know, to 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 throw him under the bus at this point, you know, the team really hasn't gelled. I mean, like there's a lot of new signings on this team. Um, and, you know, people are going to point to the heart of the team being taken out with Strutman and Nangolan, you know, being the, the, the two midfield generals outside DeRossi and Allison, the best goalkeeper in the world going. Um, you know, I, I just don't know if it's fair to, uh, to blame Monchi yet either. So I, I kind of tend to agree with you. You know, the, the players got to show a little pride in this one um, and not let a Kiewa team score two goals on them. I think it's definitely way too early to uh, to uh, be blaming um, EDF. And, you know, this article, uh, considering Monchi, this article that was written um, in uh, Football Italia by uh, Andrea Talarita, um about Roma's strength by selling. And if, if you look at kind of the, the metadata on this one or the metrics on this one, you know, Roma financially is setting themselves up to be one of the, you know, the, 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 the author goes so far as to say that he puts his whole uh, credibility on the line saying that unless James Pelota or Monchi leave, uh, Roma's system of resilient and sustainable growth will establish them as the second football power in Italy within three years. I mean, that's high praise. Uh, you know, I don't know if Andrea Tarita is the end-all, be-all of, of, you know, Italian soccer finances, but uh, uh, you got to think that if, if, if that's the plan and they're going to go this way, then you can't, you know, Monchi is aware that they might have some stumbles. So at this point, I say they got to suck it up. They got to find a soul in the team, try and, make a champ- I mean, try and make a Champions League run and stay in the top four. I mean, that's their job until this team matures. For sure. Can I get down on the soapbox yet, Marco? I'm a little scared of heights. 
No, you're doing good, man. Well, next week it'll be your turn for us to, to hammer on Roma. Um, going to the last Champions League spot, we have uh, another disappointing result um, for the favored team, Inter versus Parma, 1-0. Uh, what do you got, Marco? Oh, man. Parma's back. Team Pasta Cheese uh, and Inter failing to hype the hype. I mean, you know, they're, they're coming into the Champions League and everything the players want, or, or sorry, all, uh, the only thing the fans want is win to come into the Champions League match. Luckily, they got it done today. Uh, but overall, they've been unimpressive uh, this season. They're just ready to click. I mean, you, you bring in so many different, different players and it's going to be tough. Uh, but look, there's a feel-good narrative here. Padma is back in Serie A, winning. And the last time they beat Inter at the San Siro, 1999. I'm pretty sure that's when Buffon was still on the team and Asprilla and all those uh, nasty legends. Um, but look, you said it yourself, the Bumblebees from Parma uh, getting it done with my new favorite player, Di Marco, over here on Team uh, Meat Cheese. He's, he's making uh, Emilia Romagna proud uh, with that mega strike to get the win against an inter team that has just not quite clicked yet. Yeah. I mean, Parma in this one, I do agree to let's focus on the positive in this one because, you know, Inter's going to write the ship and I'd be shocked if they're not in champions league. If they do, you know, let's, let's, you know, that, that I would, that would be more concerning than Roma considering the additions that they made in, in the, uh, in the transfer window, but it's good to see Parma up and then not just be one of these teams that gets promoted. That sucks immediately. I mean, you know, there was some controversy around their promotion, but, you know, they're at a comfortable 13th. They've, you know, they, they have four points um, and they haven't looked uh, kind of, you know, butt nasty like Frosinone um, and Empoli and Chievo and, you know, t- teams of that cloth. So uh, I, I compliment them for being able to get a big win against a big team. Um, but, you know, just like Roma, the rumor mill is, is already spinning the Inter's in trouble um, and that Spalletti might be going, and people talking about Mourinho coming in. There's a little, there's Tifo behind the net during the game. You know what's up with this man? This, this, you think that today's game kind of silences that? He's, he's bought himself a little. Spalletti's bought himself a little bit more time. Well, this game definitely buys him a little more time. But with what is it? Two losses, a draw, and a win in the league so far. Not good enough. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. Bring Mourinho. Bring back Ibrahimovic. Come back to the glory years, you know. I mean, you know, I, I, I get the fans getting upset about, you know, losing to, to Parma, of course. Um, but I think Inter, you saw today, they beat a Tottenham team that, I mean, is one of the better teams in England for sure. Uh, so that's a good sign. And really, man, as soon as Icardi starts getting, uh, you know, his head out of uh, Wanda's uh, you know, cradling arms, then he's going to finally figure it out and get back to his goal-scoring ways. That's when Inter's at its best, when Icardi is sharp. Well, next up, uh, we're going to stay in the uh, great Starbucks city of Milan. We have Milan-Cagliari. This one finishes another disappointing game for Milan team, a 1-1 draw. Yeah, and the Sardi and the Red Devils, they share a point in the Sardinia State Arena. 
I looked up Sardinia Arena because I really like the, the 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 feel of Sardinia Arena. I saw that they have a new stadium coming in. It was cracking me up when I saw the video to see that there was an infinity pool in the rendering uh, at the top of the stadium with uh, some Italians floating around. How funny would it be to uh, you know see the video of a Cagliari game at their brand new stadium and you see uh, an Italian floating around on his back in his speedo sipping on a sipping on a on an espresso floating around the pool with the game going on in the background not even paying attention that would be the most italian thing ever right there yeah i want him to to build that stadium i'm gonna start building stadiums around italy so we can do like kind of like a game of thrones entrance to it and it goes to the island of sardinia and it's uh uh it's that place where where the Greyjoys are what's 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 their city called um but you have like oh man no idea i don't remember the wily pirates of Calgary out there, and uh, uh, you know, with their with their flag that has you know severed heads on it, um, but there's still enough time for uh, you know Fabio to get himself uh, a Negroni and, and float in the pool while he watches Nicola Barella, the hometown boy, <laughs> try and uh, try and bring it home. And I just want to see also the the footage of the stadium where you have where you have Italian guys smoking in the pool, or how oh. many bikinis do you think they're going to show? I mean, None. I, if it's Italy, man, topless, man. That's what we want. <laughs> uh, the uh, the big story here, Fat Boy G, speaking of topless, he opens his meat on scoring count. Now, he didn't actually take off his shirt, but I would love to see him take off his shirt. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, he finally, you know, Fat Boy G finally gets to eat in this one. Uh, it's been a couple games coming here. He's been sniffing the net and against Roma. He got varred up, but... Uh, Gets it done here, dribbles around the keeper in classic Iguain f- fashion, and uh, hopefully this is going to be the start to something because, look, Milan's got players too. Uh, really like uh, their formation that they put out with uh, Iguain at the point uh, with his support, and Suso's definitely you know, just one of the players that I highly rate. Uh, so when he gets scoring, uh, I think the team goes with him, and Milan's going to get back on the right track, and they need to do that pretty quick. Because those Milan- Milanisti are about as patient as the Romanisti, too. Yeah, and they're going to go uh, the way Fat Boy G goes. Because, I mean, f- say what you will about him or his excessive love for uh, drinking drinking gravy by the gallon. Um, he's you know a top three player in the Serie A over the past five years. So if he gets it going, uh, Milan could be a shock team this year. Uh, moving on, we have the game uh, uh, that makes us uh, uh, spit and look away. Um, we have OTFR, the other team from Rome, taking on Empoli. Uh, this game finished 1-0. Uh, OTFR pulls out the win in this one. Um, and OTFR, I mean, they're riding the ship after two tough losses in week one to uh, Napoli and Juventus. Uh, in the last two weeks, they seem to have taken out Serie A's trash. Um, in the uh, my, who I consider to be the two worst teams in the league, uh, Frosinone and Empoli. And, you know, we're talking about uh, uh, all these sporting directors, and we didn't bring it up. Uh, uh, Ivan Gazidis is actually moving from Arsenal to Milan um, to uh, be, uh, you know, run up that project with the Elliott Group. And we talk about Monchi and we talk about all these sporting directors around. But, you know, I mean, yeah, we guess take, st- take a step back and look. And, like, is Elio Tare... I mean, you know, the way that OTFR is playing, is, is he as good as this at, at this as his money ball as Monchi? Because, you know, if you look at the players they've acquired, they got Immobile for like, you know, a, a, a less than a cappuccino at Starbucks. 
Um, they got Sergei Milinkovic Savage, who just uh, re-upped. They got Luis Alberto, Lucas Lieva, Steven DeVry, all for $34 million. Like those players combined, $34 million. And you want to kind of put that in perspective for Roma. That's $5 million less than Roma paid for Patrick Sheik. Um, who has like a half a goal in the Serie A, I think. And, you know, the players that they've sold, they've had or, or lost, they've, you know, they have lost some talent. They've lost DeVry, who's serious about success. They lost Kate Balda. Um, both those you got, guys you can find up in, in uh, the city of Milan. And then they uh, cashed in on basically the overspending of the EPL um, with Felipe Anderson going to West Ham. But Iliotari, I mean, what do you think? Uh, uh, is, is his track record? Uh, better than Monchi so far? Well, I'll say this. Uh, OTFR has always kind of been known for making these uh, very shrewd moves and uh, producing some pretty nasty players uh, ever since they won the uh, the Scudetto all the way back in 2000, uh, right before Roma won it. Um, so, you know, I think he's he's been very, very smart. Uh, he's been able to keep uh, Mininkovic Savage, which is huge for the team, yeah, and their they, continuity. He's, he's re-signed twice for them. At the beginning of last year and this year, it's unbelievable to me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, now they need some results on the field. And they got Immobile, uh, who was, like, just lighting it up last year. And, man, you know, they, they could be dangerous. I see I see you right in here that they, uh, you know, are they a contender for the, the Champions League spots? And uh, I think that's a fair question. I mean, like you said, they are able – before the season, we were all taking it for granted that Milinkovic-Savic was going to leave and then they were just going to kind of be, um, you know, reset. They're going to have to reload uh, and just restart over again. It's just that didn't happen. And now uh, now they're kind of in the conversation for these for these teams that will be vying for a Champions League spot for sure. Empoli, on the other hand, they're back to where they belong. I mean, we kind of joked the first week of the season that they, uh, up until Atalanta, as uh, result in week one, they were the first, they were number one in the league, and now they've fallen back down to 17th place, and the stock is definitely falling. No real talent, no prospects, no goals in two games. I mean, even their, uh, uh, their coach, um, as an ex-Roma player, uh, was hyping OTFR uh, before this one, which I think is uh, far more disgraceful <laughs> than uh, than us saying that OTFR might be good ourselves. I mean, uh, this team, what? Can we just relegate them already? I would say that between them, Frosinone and Bologna, uh, I think these are the teams that are in trouble. I know ne- uh, negative point Kievo. Uh, is all the way at the bottom there, but you know at least they show some fight. These three teams, oh man, uh, not so hot. Well, that takes us to probably one of the more exciting and uh, surprising results uh, this week, um, and that's uh, the Great Wall of Spall uh, taking on Atalanta. Atalanta. Um, this one uh, was actually down in Spall, and Spall win this one two zero. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing is you, you got to take away from this is first, Patania finally starting to live up some, some of his potential. Um, he kind of crashed and burned Atalanta and gets the, you know, pays his team back by getting a brace in this one. Now, the first one, I mean, that was such a poacher goal. I think he walked away from the net holding a rhino horn. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, the, the Spall, you know, three wins in four games. Um, you know, they beat Bologna Parma, now Atalanta. 
Um, you know, the great Wallace Ball, another shutout. I mean, are they are they the Cinderella vampire? Were they waiting? Uh, are, are they lying in the shadows behind Atalanta to spring out and bite their neck and suck their Cinderella blood out of them so they can have their own little mini run? It's possible. I mean, they definitely have some players, Petagna being one of them, Ernest Hemingway Petagna. Uh, man, can you believe that guy is, what is he, like 21? Yeah. I mean, man looks like he's 45. Uh, the, man, and... the man looks like he should be wearing a khaki uh, uh, suit with a big double-barrel shotgun standing next to a dead elephant. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he's the ultimate Hemingway-looking poacher dude I've, I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. Uh, and he, uh, again, he gets that brace. Um, well done for him, you know, really showing Atalanta, you know, his loyalty. I'm pretty sure he's on loan. And uh, look, Atalanta, they're definitely in crisis mode. After the big draw against Roma uh, with their B team out there, they, they fall out of, uh, of Europa League. They get a loss, and now they lose this one. And, um, you know, they're in a little bit of a free fall, and hopefully they're able to turn around. I think, I think Papu Gomez is just uh, not, not in his right mind right now because it, it, he can't customize his armbands anymore. Well, no, I think the reason why he's, he's playing so trash is because I drafted him and have him on my fantasy team. Um, and so that must mean that he must suck because my fantasy team, actually, you, me, and Chris should be ashamed of ourselves, uh, hosts of the podcast. I guess probably just because we're spending so much time researching this amazing content for all these people that are uh, uh, in our fantasy, Fantacultural League, um, that you know they have the time to take that knowledge and uh, manufacture it into um, Fantacultural teams that really just kind of pull down our pants and spank our little baby bottoms. Well, now we head into the relegation zone, Marco. The Richard Whittle. And we got Genoa versus Bologna. This one finishes 1-0. Genoa wins. What do you got? Yeah, it's the Polish Pistolero added again. Piatek, four goals in three games. Piatek is the real deal, it seems like, uh, early on in this season. And uh, the fortress at Genoa continues, I believe, to main, remain unbreached. I'm not sure that uh, Sampdoria or Genoa have lost there yet. Uh, we're going to need Fabio to fact check that. We'll get back to you next next uh, week here if it's... we make it to next week. And uh, Bologna in a early season crisis mode. I mean, look, how how long till uh, the Inzaghi Bowl happens Thir- like and what are the games. odds? 13 games? Oh, man. What are the odds of Inzaghi Bowl even happening? I would put the the odds being very slim. I'd say there's about a 20% chance that Inzaghi makes it to the Inzaghi Bowl in December. Yeah, so they, they play the day after Christmas, uh, OTFR versus Bologna. Also, Bologna, who has Skorupski, who is my, uh, uh, who's my fantasy calcio goalie. I thought it was going to be a, a great addition. Um, but Bologna has one point. Um, through the first four games, um, three losses and a draw. And let's see how many. I mean, I don't think they've scored, even scored a goal. They have scored zero goals this season. Zero mm. goals mm. this season in first one. So place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Right now we have the odds of a uh, of a Inzaghi Bowl the day after Christmas. I'll take those chances. <laughs> All right, moving on. We have uh, uh, Udinese versus Torino. This one's 1-1. And we got basically two prideful teams play to a stalemate in hashtag the most 80s Italian game ever. 
Um, I watched, you know, I, mean, I got to tell you, man, I've been loving, I've been loving the ESPN coverage because I get the HD, you know, I get to watch so many more games and they have the, the condensed recaps and I even fell asleep watching this game. I mean, Rodrigo DePaul, three goals so far in this league, which is killing me because I have Kevin Lasagna uh, and, and we, need, we need more Kevin Lasagna, but DePaul, you know, been the, the goal scoring machine for Udinese this far. Um, and they're, you know, perking along, um, you kind of holding their own right now. I think we have them in internet. Don't fail me. Oh my God. We got them in 10th place End the season right now. I think, uh, I think that, uh, Udinese will take it going to, against a Torino team who is you know, still trying to figure it out here. I mean, Torino is where they usually are at about 11th place. But uh, really not much identity or understanding of what this team is going to be so far. And this all revolves to me around Andrea Belotti. And I, my question to you, man, is, you know, it's been a while since Belotti was scoring 25 goals in the Serie A. Do you think he's even Bonucci's son's favorite player anymore? Do you remember when uh, people were saying uh, $100 million, slapping a $100 million buyout clause on that guy? It's like, dude, he had like a, a season and a half of uh, of prolific goal scoring at Torino and not even like a big club um and people just got too hyped man I, I mean I like Belotti a lot but like at this point he's probably worth like 30 35 yeah I mean yeah. Would, would you pay 35 for him because you know his I would I would well I mean you think also though I know but the Azzurri man like he's been so lackluster for them as well I mean, I'm pulling for this guy to score every single time because I love the the Gallo uh, goal celebration. But I think that uh, I, I think that you know Bonucci's son is trading out that uh, that Belotti jersey for a CR7 jersey, guaranteed. Yeah, well, he's a bandwagoner. That's why. <laughs> um, that takes us to our last game of the week. Uh, this one is Frosinone versus Sampdoria. An absolute beatdown. Sampdoria wins this one 5-0. Yeah, man. Lowly newcomers, Frosinone, they are in deep, deep trouble. Uh, I was about to say a bad word, Tad, and uh, I held myself. Yeah, they're absolutely in deep trouble. I mean, you got Sampdoria just waxing out five goals, and our ex-Roma player of the week goes to... Drum roll, please. DeFrel, you've uh, come up to the podium. You are the two millionth player who has come out of Roma and just turned up as soon as he walked out that the doors of uh, of Rome. And uh, two goals this game, two goals last week. Quags gets another one. And uh, some Dottie is a good story right now. Um, but again... They just uh, waxed out a team that is probably going to get relegated, and we're only four games in. Yeah, I mean, Gregor DeFrel swinging around the bells of Notre Dame is actually the capo cannoniere at the moment in the Serie A. So, tip of the cat, Roma Club Player of the Week, uh, player of the uh, ex-Roma Player of the Week. Um, I say we sell him for twenty-five million. I feel good about that. You know, make 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 a little bit of that five mil Monchi money. Frosinone, I mean, geez, this team, they've been beaten by Atalanta 4-0. They just got beat 5-0. Um, have, they have not. Another team that has not scored a goal in Serie A this year. Um, 
and they had the big 0-0 draw with Bologna in the uh, the toilet bowl right there, the only other game where uh, we have a 0-0 draw. Sorry, the other team in Serie A that has yet to score. I mean, you ask me, how does uh, does, does Frosinone uh, keep from being relegated? As I think that uh, we need to have a, a quick vote in the Federation and allow Frosinone to play with 12 players for the rest of the season out. And then maybe, maybe they have a chance. Absolutely. Well, that's it uh, for week three of the Serie A, Marco. Next week, we have some games to look forward to. I mean, should we book an appointment at the salon for Frosinone for a mani-pedi and a waxing um, when they go into uh, Torino to play Juventus? Um, but I guess we're just going to have to take this week uh, to enjoy um, the uh, ESPN Plus coverage um, and uh, uh, watch that waxing in high definition. I got two games, Fiorentina, Spal, and Sampdoria Inter. Those two are going to be good. Oh, you're right, Fiorentina, Spal. Good call, my man. Yeah, I think that's the game of the week right there. I'm probably looking the most forward to that one. Well, that's week four. We're done. Chris Ross, uh, is he fired? He could be. Let's see how well you edit this tonight. I was going to say, yeah. So when this comes out, you guys might hear a lot of hiccups and whatnot because the, uh, the, the, the bronze medalist on the podcast for editing is, is handling it this weekend. Um, yeah, but uh, be sure to find us uh, and, and review us on all your favorite uh, platform where you, get, uh, where you download your podcast. Go on iTunes. Give us five stars, please. That's how we get found. We're on all sorts of social media. Um, shout out to everyone who listens and uh, has been such a great follower of the podcast. We love your support. Um, please go to last week and check out uh, the uh, interview I did with Mike Pellucci. He wrote a great article on CR7, and uh, he gets to talk optimistically about Inter, which I guess still holds because they did lose to Parma, but they did just beat Tottenham. Uh, tomorrow, let's go Forza Roma. Um, until next time, guys, we say Arrivederci. Ciao.